0: When I was in middle school, I attended a Lutheran grade school in San Diego, California, and above the board of my seventh grade teacher were the words of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, words that became my favorite words in all of Scripture. I chose them for my confirmation verse a year later. You heard them a few moments ago. Famous words that say this, those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles, they shall walk and not be weary. They shall run and not grow faint. Walk and not... You, you can read it, <laughs> plenty. It's a little far away to that screen, I guess. <laughs> and what, one of the things that I find fascinating about these words is I have thought about them years later is that they're quite contrary to the way that we might think. Really, the, the longer we wait, the more anxious we are. I was on my way over here just yesterday afternoon was at a stoplight uh, pulling uh, to turn to left onto Holly Street and the arrow turned green and I was second in line, the car in front of me didn't move. So I waited a little bit and then waited a little longer and just as I was reaching out my hand To honk the horn, the car sped out in front of me And I had to speed up just to make the light myself You know, the longer we wait, the more anxious we are But that's different Than what the prophet Isaiah says to us As he speaks God's word of promise to us This is a great word of comfort and encouragement It says, contrary to the way we might think or operate That the longer we wait, the stronger we are How can we be the kind of people who wait well today? In the season of Advent, in the weeks leading up to Christmas, as we've been waiting for months and months for life to change and become some version of normal again as we wait for a vaccine, how can we be the kind of people for all of the things in our own individual lives that we're waiting for to get better? How can we wait well today? That's the question that this text poses for us. And I want to talk about two aspects of waiting, the when and the what. We'll talk about these two things, to wait on God's timing, when, and to receive what he gives, the when and the what, over the next few minutes of our time together. So first, let's talk about waiting on his timing. Now, our kids are seven and three. They're just at the age where we're kind of transferring books from Adam, our oldest, to Jude, our youngest. And so just the other night, I read this book to Jude, our three-year-old, Waiting is not easy. By Mo Willems, it's a story of two good friends, Gerald the Elephant and Piggy the Pig. I don't know why he doesn't get a name, but his name is Piggy. And two good friends who have to wait for something better that is to come. Waiting is not easy. No matter how young or how old you are, we're not wired to wait well. What's on your prayer list right now? What are you waiting for for God to deliver? I can't imagine how difficult it might have been for Zachariah to wait. We're introduced to him in Luke chapter 1. Uh, the text tells us in the opening verses that he and his wife Elizabeth were advanced in years. Uh, we hear about the fact that she's barren, she says something about her barrenness at the end of the text that God has taken away her reproach among people in the culture in the day in which Elizabeth and Zechariah lived in order, if a woman was unable to bear her own children, she wasn't anything in her culture. When Her family was everything. She could provide no heir to provide for herself and for Zechariah after they could no longer provide for themselves, no one to take care of them. But she could add no value to her family, no worth and significance could she feel. She says she feel a reproach among my people. But all that changes one day when Zechariah goes to work. Verse 11, Gabriel appears to him and it says this. There appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense, And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you shall call his name John. Now, I think there's something important here that's easy to miss, are the words of verse 13, For your prayer has been heard heard And this is a bit of conjecture, but I've always found it very interesting. If I were Zachariah and Elizabeth, if I put myself in their shoes, and if I were to do the math and count up how old I was and the years that I had left, it's somewhere along the ways, if I had prayed for a child year after year and decade after decade, somewhere along the way, if it were me, I would have given up hope and stopped praying all together how about you what is it that you're waiting for that you've stopped praying for and the things that you used to pray for a long time ago but somehow along the way you did the math and just shrugged your shoulders and figured it hasn't happened yet it probably isn't going to happen again so why should I keep praying what have you stopped praying for you ever stop to ask yourself that question? If you're in the room today and you're single, a spouse, if you've got a loved one who's ill, who just doesn't seem to be getting any better, who continues to decline, if you're stuck in a relationship that just seems to be deteriorating and you feel more distant than you've been before, what have you stopped praying for? uh, Someone who you care about, whose conversion seems like a very far-off possibility. For that matter, how many of us in the room have stopped praying for an end to the coronavirus? Are you, are you still praying for that? Maybe pray for it every once in a while, maybe pray for it back in March. Is that something you're still calling on God to bring a swift end to? I mean, come on, people. We can pray for these things. They're good, but how about you? What have you stopped praying for? And, but out of the pages of Scripture from Luke chapter 1, echo the words of the angel Gabriel, do not be afraid, for your prayer has been heard. No matter how long you've been longing, and even if you've stopped praying, do not be afraid. Your prayer has been heard. So wait on his timing, no matter when he comes through, because he knows when is best, and he knows what is best. Let's move from the when to the what. Because part of this is waiting on his timing. Part of this is receiving what he gives. Now, when I was a kid, we had a running joke in our family every Christmas. My sister and I, as we were making on our Christmas list, my parents would kind of lean over our shoulder, take a look and say, you know, I don't really know why you're making a list because there's only two things you're getting this year. And those two things are underwear and socks. Socks every year, and our stockings, sure enough, underwear and socks. My parents are going to be here at the 11 o'clock service in a couple of hours. I can't wait to tell that story in front of them. <laughs> you know, we didn't have a whole lot growing up. And we surely didn't get everything we wanted, but we always got exactly what we needed. Take one more look at the words of verse 31, where it says, wait for the Lord. What it doesn't say here is, wait for the Lord and your circumstances to get better, and then your strength will be renewed. It says, wait for the Lord. It says, wait for the Lord, even what you ask for it you don't get wait for the lord and even if what you have you lose wait for the lord and even if it's bad now and it gets worse wait for the lord so that you can say with job the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. May the name of the Lord be praised. And you can say with Paul in Philippians chapter 4 I know the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether rich or poor. Wait for the Lord because you have the sovereign God of creation who has a view of history that spans generations. Wait for the Lord. Verse 28, let's take one more look here. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? We can almost see Isaiah as if he could shake us by the shoulders and say, wake up. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not grow faint or weary and his understanding is unsearchable. On a good day, we can connect the dots as we look back and search our mind, our memory to remember the times that God has come through and he's answered our prayers. On a good day, we can do that, but there are plenty of days where that is so difficult. In an article in Leadership Journal, Pastor John Ortberg poses a question and says, imagine that you were handed the script to your newborn daughter's life. And you had the script in one hand and an eraser in the other, and you had five minutes to erase anything you wanted. And so you turned the cover over and opened the first pages and saw that your daughter would have a learning disability in grade school. Reading would be easy for everybody else, but difficult for her. And she would fall behind her classmates. And then she would have a great circle of friends in high school, but one of them would die tragically of cancer. And as she passed through high school, somehow she was over, uh, able to overcome her reading disability and get into the college of her choice. But while she was there, she was in a car accident when she was out late one night with friends and lost the bottom of her leg. She graduated She got the job of her dreams, but then lost it in an economic downturn. She met the man of her dreams, but as their relationship deteriorated, she felt the heartbreak of separation. With a script in one hand and an eraser in the other with five minutes to delete anything you wanted, what would you take out? This is very similar to a question that's posed by a psychologist at NYU by the name of Jonathan Haidt, who says, wouldn't you want to do probably what I would want to do for my two boys to eliminate all the stuff that would cause them pain? Now, if you could do that, if if you had that ability to see into their future and know the story as it would be written before it ever happened, and if you had an eraser, if you could do that, would that be good for you to do that? Would it, would it make their life better, perhaps, in the short term, but in the long term? Is it possible that in the long term we need the difficulties and the setbacks and the crisis in order to make us a better version of ourselves? Orpberg reflects on that hypothetical situation and says this. He contends that God doesn't always erase our struggles and pain before they start, nor does he cause them. Key to point out. Instead, God can use the failures, disappointments, and periods of suffering to help us grow. Berg writes, God isn't at work producing the circumstances that I want. God is at work in bad circumstances producing the me he wants. Let me just say that one more time. God isn't at work producing the circumstances I want. God is at work in bad circumstances producing the me that he wants. So that means for us today a couple of very important things. It means most of all that the pen is not in our hands. And our satisfaction is not in the fulfillment of our circumstances, but in the sovereign Lord of creation who has a view of history that spans generations. There's some of us who are in the room this morning who need to take this opportunity today to put the pen down. And to put it back in the hands of the one who's always held it, and for that matter, who's always held us, the sovereign Lord of creation, the maker of the ends of the earth, and to receive what he gives, because what he gives is always exactly what we need, and what he gives is always for our good. John Newton says it like this, everything is necessary that God sends. Nothing can be necessary that God withholds everything is necessary for you that that he gives you. Nothing can be necessary for you that he withholds. And that may be difficult in the moments where his understanding seems unsearchable, but, but his wisdom and his gifts are always good. How can we do more than just bend our mind and our heart and our will around this truth? I mean, because it's one thing to say, that's nice for Job. You know, he prayed, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away, may the name of the Lord be praised. And it's, it's another thing for Paul, because he's Paul. Surely he can say, you know, the, the, I know the secret of being content in every and any situation, whether well fed or hungry, whether rich or poor. How can we today, that's good for them, but what about us? How can we today be the kind of people who wait well in these days? My friend, it's only when you see the sovereign Lord of creation who stepped down into the world that he made with his own hands and spoke by his own words, who entered our story and took on our frailty, who in the garden of Gethsemane, he pleaded, is there any other way? Because if the pen were in my hands, this would not be the story I would write for myself, but not my will, your will be done. His strength was not renewed, it was sapped. And he stumbled as he walked under the weight of the cross. And he did not soar, but he hung from nails. And on the cross, Jesus Christ gave up the right to have what was good for him so that you could forever have what is best for you so that you could have him and so that you could have him forever so that you could be written into his story, a story that goes on forever, a hope and a love that endures That never ends. And for that matter, in him, his story does not end. It goes on and on, chapter after chapter, forever and ever and ever. Um, Amen. So that you could be his and he could be yours. And when you see that you are his and he is yours, it won't matter if you have what you're waiting for or not. Because you'll always have him. And it won't matter how long it takes, whether he gives or he withholds because in him you'll always have enough and you'll always be enough. And in him, your story goes on and on forever. So let's wait on his timing, because it's always better, and receive what he gives, because it is always for our good. And wait well today. In the name of Jesus Christ, the babe of Bethlehem, born for you and me. Amen.